everyone, and welcome to episode 62 of Popcorn Hangover. I'm John. And I'm Anna. And today we are going to do our March movie recap and talk about three movies that we have watched. They all came out in March. The month's not over, but there's nothing really that releases in the next, you know, 10 days that we care about. Well, we've missed some things, but this matters more. Yeah, this does. (laughs) We we haven't done a great job of getting the movies. We have a ton of stuff that we want to see. We are so behind on Oscars stuff. Apparently, there's some big controversy with the Oscars. I think DJ Khaled is involved in it in some form. What? There's some weird Oscar stuff. This is about as checked out as I've been on award season. We watched... What was the award show we just watched? The SAG. We watched The SAG, yeah. Which I think was pretty good. I have a notepad of stuff I want to get to. There's no way we get to it before the Oscars. But um, we're focusing on 2022 movies now because 2021 is almost three full months in the past. Yeah, we, you know, we just decided, I think, well, at the start of this podcast, we said we're not <laughs> real movie critics. Yeah. And then we thought we could be and, and we're just not. We just we just watch what we want to watch when we want to watch it. And so you're just along for the ride. Yeah. I will say, though, of all the stuff we haven't seen, I really want to see Coda. I keep seeing ads for it. And it they, they got so much praise at the SAG Awards and it made me just want to watch it more. So I think that's like the next like prestige movie we're going to watch. If you can even call it that. I don't know. Wait, we never even talked about... I'm sorry. I'm just realizing these things. Like, we never even talked about Scream. Did we not? No. Scream, we, we did not talk about Scream. No. No. Oh, we never did talk about Scream. Scream was really good, everyone. Uh, Yeah, and they greenlit a sequel after they said it was going to be the last one. And wait, did Morbius ever come out? No, Morbius comes out in 11 days. Oh, okay. So April yeah. 1st. Though, apparently, because critics just got their look at it, Apparently it is a mess and it stinks and I cannot wait to see a we'll bad. Yeah, we will see that. I and what we have yet to see Uncharted. That was the other one we want to see, but it's just we have not gotten to the movies, which I it's it's sad. And it's kind of our it, AMC membership is really going to waste the last month. It's kind of crazy because in today's world with how things hit streaming services, most things are available within like six months to stream with the exception being Sony movies, because they're not tied in with a streaming service right now. Their Netflix deal doesn't start till next year. So we really have to see Uncharted and Morbius, because those movies are just going to go into the well, into John, the abyss. We pay for a premium membership to AMC. And we don't I use it. Would like not to be a waste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, if you've seen movies lately that you think are worth checking out because clearly we are very behind let us know because we'll see if we can uh pencil it in yeah we will see but today at least we have three movies to talk about that i don't think it's a stretch to say we enjoyed all three of them to some degree uh one of them at the very least i was pleasantly surprised by i mean considering i found out about it like a week before it came out yeah yeah. um and you'll figure out which one that is Actually, no, I found out about it a month before it came out. Never mind. You'll find out which one that is. But um, today we're going to talk about two streaming movies and the biggest movie of 2022 so far. We're going to talk about... For John specifically. Well, no, box office wise. Oh, it's okay. made a okay, my bad, my bad. crap ton of money. Um, but we're going to start off our conversation today with Hulu's new original movie, Fresh. And I will do a quick little synopsis. This movie I did not find out about until right before it came out i don't even i think tiktok is how we found out about this movie no i saw it on facebook okay yay you you sent me the trailer um so fresh is a pretty simple concept for a horror thriller movie um the horrors of modern dating are seen through the eyes of a young woman noah 
who is battling to survive her new boyfriend, Steve's, unusual appetites. It has, you know, there's a few people in this movie, but 99% of the movie features just two characters, and that is Sebastian Stan as Steve and Daisy Edgar Jones as Noah. Who is apparently a rising star. She's not really been in much, but she killed it in this movie. I mean, pun intended, I guess. This movie was awesome. Um, I think it was paced weird at some points, but as someone who doesn't really like horror movies that much, I really enjoyed this. If Scream hadn't come out this year and I didn't, like, I loved Scream, the new one. Yeah. If that hadn't come out, I would say this is the best horror movie of the year so far. It was original. It was creepy. They did, not they, not to be, like, film nerdy, but they did stuff with camera shots that were so, like, unsettling. It, it was awesome. I think what was nice about it is, like, um, it's, ob- okay, so from the title and from the synopsis, and if you've seen the trailer, it's very clearly about cannibal, you know, cannibalism in some way. Yeah. You just didn't really know how. And what was really, they, they really, what was so crazy is... The first, you have to go get through the first 20 minutes to even get to the opening credit. Yeah, I think we paused. It was 29 minutes. Yeah. And they really, like, and yeah, that seemed a lot, but it moved really fast to, like, get to the part where, like, he roofied her and he dropped her, whatever. Um, but it's about cannibalism, and it's very graphic at times. Yeah. Like, it's hard to watch, because you're like, Ugh. But I think they do a good job of, like, tiptoeing the line of, like, being gory, but not... Because I don't like gory horror movies at all. Um, and it was gory, but not too much. And it was a tasteful gory. <laughs> and It was very artsy in general. It was very artsy. And that was the thing, is I don't usually like artsy, like, artsy... Especially artsy horror, like, sometimes yeah. it's, like... It's just... And that was what's funny when you talked about Scream, because they talked about that in the <laughs> Scream, like, hereditary yeah. and, like, how, like, the new horror genre is just too complicated. Um, but I think what was good about it was it was artsy. There was, like, this underlying part about the horrors of modern dating mm-hmm. and meeting someone in a normal way and, like, yeah. clicking. And then, like, and and how, like, there's just horror in all dating. But then it was just very straightforward. It's a very straightforward horror movie. It's also and, short. Like, 90 short. minutes. You're in, you're out. Um, it, it's to the point. Yeah, it's very, it's good. And it's fun. I mean, the thing is, it was good. It had good, like, comedy in it as mm-hmm. well. Like, it's funny and witty. Um, and, like, yeah, I, I like, I did like it a lot. I think, especially because, especially when it comes to John and I, we're very particular about, I think we've said this multiple times, we're not horror fans. Um, as you can tell, like, we like a particular kind of, like, when it comes to, like, we like Scream. Like, we love Scream, which is, like, a different, you know, it's a little bit more... Meta. Meta and about entertainment than it is, like, you know, we I think we like slasher, Scream, like, yeah. Scream Queen flicks, like Halloween. Not so much, like, deeply gory, like Saw. deep horror. Yeah. yeah. And, so this and this movie, a- this movie toes the line at points. I mean, you see some very graphic surgical scene. You see him... With a human leg, like an Iber- like an Iberian ham, and just like shaving off little pieces, but I think as a whole, it you know it stayed on the right side of that line for me. There were some scenes where I was kind of like, ah, this is a little too much. But I will say too, I forgot to put, say this in the synopsis. This is this director's directorial debut. I think Mimi Cave did a pretty good job for 
a first film, and I'm excited to see what they have coming next. Yeah, and we didn't even talk about, like, have you talked yet? Like, Sebastian, well, number one, like, what the, probably the biggest driving force of watching this was Sebastian Stan, and... He was good. And, like, no, thinking of him being a villain, and not just a villain, a horror villain, he was unhinged in this movie. He... So charismatic, but then, but charismatic to the point where you, I hated this man. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last movie he was a villain in, and I, I honestly can't think of a time that he's really been this evil villain. I was gonna say Scott Pilgrim, but that's Chris Evans, who's but the like, villain. What's... He was, he was so, sorry to cut you off, he was so charming but they do such a good job the whole time and you know going into this it's a horror movie and you know that he's the villain based on the trailer but they do such a good job of like making you second guess yourself the whole time until the reveal like 30 minutes second guess well he's just like so charming the whole point of it john is he's supposed to be like the typical guy (laughs) It it was like he knows everything. He's charismatic. He thinks he's better and can yeah. teach her everything. And and she's the pretty girl. Why don't you just give me a smile? Why mm-hmm. don't you just let me cook? Like let me do everything. I'm like the masculine misogynistic well, man. That's I think what I he's would, supposed to represent. I think I would push back just a little bit though because he was supposed to be the exception, considering he's like off the grid, and. Like, I understand. Well, they were just saying that it, the whole point of it is that there's horror in dating no matter what. Yeah. Like, online dating sucks. In-person dating sucks. Yeah. I mean, if this didn't make any single woman, like, I, I don't even, I'm not even single. And I was like, oh my God. The people, like, the just meeting anyone nowadays, like, could be like, just, uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought he was very good. Though I, I will say, him so I will say the best acting he did in this movie is once he pulled the veil down and you see just how messed up he is, and he can just be his psycho self where like he has Noah in captivity and explains the thing that you know I'm gradually gonna soft body parts I'm gonna sell them to people sell your hair do all this but then he still tries to have like a normal relationship with her like at the end of his day just come into her cell and be like oh, man, I had such a brutal day and just try to act like everything is just normal. I I mean, he did such a disturbed character so well. And I think, you know, I've always liked Sebastian Stan outside of his Marvel stuff. And sometimes you forget after being typecast for so long that, like, some of these people are really good actors. Yeah. And and actresses. And I, I think that this is... He's been doing weird stuff lately, more indie things, and he's been doing Pam and Tommy, which is apparently incredible on Hulu. I, I haven't gotten around to watching it, but I, yeah, he he was really good. But I also think, and I already forgot her full name. Daisy Edgar Jones. Daisy Edgar Jones. I was just going to say Noah. I think she was very good, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, they said whatever show that she's in right now, she's supposed to be, like, fantastic in the UK or whatever. Is she British? thought it was like something that was in the UK or like... Actually, Daisy Edgar Jones does sound very British, the more I think about this. There, she's in some kind of like um, fantasy or show or like something that's like a, like, a, like, a, like a theme show. She is English. She is in Normal People. I think that's what... Yeah, Normal People and then... Okay, maybe I'm thinking about... But I know it was... Yeah, sorry. So Normal People isn't actually a like, theme show, but that was like... Apparently she's really good in that. Yeah, it, it has huge reviews, so I think that that's... 
what but it yeah, is. She's like really big in like she's like a rising star in England, and then like is now gonna like start doing stuff here. I'm sure. Okay, that makes sense. One thing I do want to talk about with her character because you know obviously at the end of the movie she has the you know the badass moment and she you know fights him and kills him and you know it's great she liberates the other girls that are in captivity however this girl makes so many dumb choices in this movie that we were i mean the common well, that's what i think is what's great about it is because they like do the tropes but they also don't same you know like i yeah. thought like when when she agrees to go on the weekend trip with him and the cell service goes out. It did lead to the funniest line in the entire movie, though, <laughs> when she gets to his cabin and she's like, what's your Wi-Fi? I don't have any service. And he just goes, oh, must have went out again. <laughs> and it's like she's not even connected to the Wi-Fi. Just <laughs> just at that point, if you had any lingering doubt that he was going to do something bad, which you shouldn't have, obviously. But at that point, that line was just like, a, all right, she's about to. I thought he was going to kill her. I didn't think that he was going to drug her. Like, yeah, John had a John had a um, he had a theory that she wasn't the main character of the movie, which she was. But like, I I think that I was right along the lines that there would be other women. Well, yeah, I wasn't trying to like. Yeah, but deny that. But, but I thought I thought when he drugged her that he was going to kill her, and then that was going to be the start of the movie, and that it was going to be like we find out the scale of this, which we kind of did. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was nuts. Yeah, I think that's a that's a safe way <laughs> to put it. Um, but obviously, I I guess the the last big thing I wanted to talk about with this movie is: were you satisfied with the ending? Actually, sorry, I had one thing I want to talk about before that. So his wife, yes, also probably Stockholm syndrome. I mean, one of his former victims, but like how I wanted them to. I don't even know how to phrase this. I wanted them to go into her more. I was very, very intrigued by that whole aspect, and I feel like they should have gone further with that character. I don't know. I don't think you need to. I think it's just the shock value of, like, oh, of course. Like, that's why she, like, and and I think it was also the, I think it was more so they, they wanted you to anticipate, is she going to be on his side stock, like, straight up? Like, Stockholm yeah. Syndrome, like, she only cares about him, or is she going to flip and be like, this is my way out? Um, yeah. And I think that was what we were waiting for the whole time. Um, I think, I liked the way it ended. I think it was, like, a good, perfect ending to a horror movie like that, and, like, with the, like, with the freaking the cell phone at the end, like, you up, like, that was perfect ending to this. Yeah. To this, uh, movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not dissatisfied with the ending but i also felt like i wanted confirmation like i wanted the girls to get like picked up like i wanted them to be fully okay and the thing the thing that unless i missed it the business associate that the wife brought with her the guy i don't think he died no she said like go clean this up i mean i think i so like that guy conceivably could still kill those women yeah but i don't know I don't know. It, it's not. It's not gonna keep me it's up. Not at, important. It's not gonna keep me up at night. Um, did I ever give the critic an audience score when I read the synopsis? I for don't this? remember. Well, I want to reiterate before we give our scores. Uh, it's been really well received. Uh, for a low budget horror movie, it has an eighty critic score and an eighty one audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's been 
pretty praised. I, I didn't really find anything that they were, like, highlighting, you know, for like, as a point of praise. But people really like this movie. Um, I personally gave it a 75, but I'm also not, like I said, I'm not a really big horror person. I think the problem was I had it, like, way low because I was, like doing i have to i don't know when we do these three movies things and then, then i like compare the three of to them each and other. i can't do that the three very different, three different movies. movies so i'm i'm gonna give it a 77 okay um i liked it i enjoyed it will i ever watch it again probably not um i'm just that's just not my thing and but i did think it was a really good take uh on this kind of genre like can't we this that kind of genre good good horror movie tropes Things that kind of twist on its head, and it was an easy watch. Yeah, very Great as easy of a watch as a cannibalism movie. Yeah, can be. I mean that's true. I think that's the highest point of praise I can give it. I think it's worth a watch. Um, yeah, it's a good like, in my opinion, like let's say you're at home on a Friday night and you want to just chill with a glass of wine and watch a like a quick scary movie. Like it, it was fun. like that's things that like, we stayed in. And it was it was like a good yeah. like end of our night. Uh, bonus, because you mentioned wine, and I will have no other point naturally to talk about this in the podcast, I just want to mention that there are two shows we've watched recently that we really like. One was that Netflix show with an absurdly long name, The Woman Waiting by the Window, Something by the Lake with Kristen Bell. Uh, The Wine made me remember that. Very good show. Really liked it. Um, But the other one we're watching right now, and it's funnily enough, also a Hulu project, is The Dropout. Uh, we've talked before on this about how we like the Theranos documentary about Elizabeth Holmes. This show is awesome. If you have Hulu, I would strongly recommend getting on board and watching it. It has, like, a massive cast, and Hulu quietly is churning out really good content, which started all the way back with, like, Palm Springs a couple years ago, and I'm very impressed with all the work that they're doing. So just wanted to give a shout out to those two things before we move into our next movie. Yeah, we literally can't wait every week for a new episode of Dropout. That's the only problem is I just want things to come out. Why don't people let me binge things anymore? Can I just binge six hours of TV, please? Eight? Nine? Well, we will get to binge soon because Stranger Things is releasing like four episodes for the first half of their season in like a month or two. Amazing. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to another movie because we are not doing TV today. And that is The Adam Project, which we found out about via a Super Bowl trailer and kind of came out of nowhere. It is a new Netflix movie, uh, as every Netflix movie always is somehow. It is the biggest movie in the world, and it has been viewed by 700 million people in the first two hours alone. Their analytics are very suspect. Don't listen sus, to sus, Do sus, not sus. listen to anything Netflix says. But let's dive into this movie. We'll start with a synopsis. After accidentally crash landing in 2022 while attempting to time travel, fighter pilot Adam Reed teams up with his 12-year-old self for a mission to save the future. It is directed by Sean Levy. It has a budget of $116 million. It does not have any box office because it is a Netflix movie. It has a pretty decently sized cast. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is the main character, Adam Reed. Uh, Walker Scobell. I believe that's how you pronounce it, also plays Adam Reed, the younger version, uh, the 12-year-old one. Mark Ruffalo plays their father, Louis Reed. Jennifer Gardner plays Ellie Reed, who's their mother. Uh, And then Zoe Saldana plays Ryan Reynolds' wife. And then Catherine Keener plays the villain of this movie, Maya Sorian, both as a young and old version. It's being received pretty well. It has a 68 critic score, 77 audience score, and... 
it's just a really easy watch of a movie. It's fun, similar to Fresh. It's short. I think it's like an hour 45. It is one, oddly enough, I kind of wish that it was in theaters. Like, I think I would have had fun to see this in a movie theater, but mm. it, yeah, I not like necessarily. I don't know if it would have made it like tremendously better or anything. I thought it was a good like home viewing, like sweet charming experience i don't know if that makes sense like it's kind of like how i felt after watching like uh the mark um the what's the movie versus the machines oh mitchell's versus, the, mitchell's the, machines. versus the machines or you know there's just like it was just a cute it was a good easy watch and it was funny because i felt like they there was yeah the cast like i didn't know i think that's what i like about these netflix things like Especially the way that this came about. Like, I think they did it in such a good way. Like, they marketed the shit out of it for a month. They told yeah. you, okay, so it's going to be Mark Ruffalo and and Ryan Reynolds. And you, like, they're and both And they goofy. basically gave us not much else other than it involves time travel somehow. Yeah. And I saw, like, one commercial where it was, like, the, basically it was, like, the clip of, like, when they're saying, like, oh, 2022 is a mistake. And they're, go- and they are like, mm-hmm. dad. And, like, you, so you knew that they were... It was his younger self and that Mark Ruffalo was the dad. Like, so I knew that. That's it. But then, like, you go in and it's Jennifer Gardner. And I'm like, wait, Mark (laughs) Ruffalo and Jennifer Gardner were married? And I was, like, very excited about that. Like, I was like, that was genius. Like, just get the nostalgia. And then the fact that Zoe Saldana was in there, like, I was like, what? Which, oddly enough, I think you can take her character out of this movie entirely and nothing changes. No. That's I don't, the whole reason why he does everything, John. I know. I just, I thought that her part of the movie felt like such an aside. I don't know. Sorry. Oh my God. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Um, but I agree. We watched this movie on like a Monday or a Tuesday, and it was like the perfect midweek Netflix movie. I enjoyed this so much more than the last Netflix project and uh, Ryan Reynolds did. Yeah, is he, like, have a contract with Netflix? Because he's done, like, four, okay, three that I can think of Netflix movies, right? Um, well, so he did Red Notice, he did this, and I forget what the third one was. Underground Six or whatever. Oh, God, I hated that movie. Six Underground. That movie stunk. Um, Well, actually, so this is not Netflix, just interestingly enough. Ryan Reynolds, filming-wise, this is the second straight movie he's done with Sean Levy because he did Free Guy. And they're very, like, similar tones. Similar similar tones, tones. for sure. But I want to say, and I turned to you, like, 20 minutes into this movie watching it, is this the most acting we've seen Ryan Reynolds do in, like, 10 years? Because he actually did some dramatic stuff in this, and it wasn't his normal, you know, quippy, basically Deadpool, where he's Deadpool in every movie now. He, like... Yeah, there was, was definitely good in this. It was definitely still like straight up his personality, like you know. Yeah. But he did it. I yeah, I agree. He there were some dramatic like um, emotional scenes in here that I felt like he did a really good job at. Um, it was a cute movie. I it don't was. Think, my thing is, you can't think too much into it. It was a nice little spin on like Back to the Future. Well, um, and even they didn't look too far into it because. So many times, young Adam tries to ask about time travel, and Ryan Reynolds is just like, "We, it's better to just not think about it." No, and what's cool? I mean, I think what's what's awesome about this movie is like you don't, we don't even know how it is in the future. We all we know is it's bad. It's yeah, bad, and we know that she tried to murder her, his wife, and yep. 
And she's, and she's trying and, to murder him. And she murdered, and she murdered Mark, not Mark, she took Mark Ruffalo, or like the dad's, like the dad's idea. And I still think she like had him killed. But I, th- I think she killed him. But then, but my thing is, John, if she had him killed, then he wouldn't have died still and he still died. Because remember, they said, I can't tell you how it happens. I don't know. I, st- I think she set that car accident up to happen. How do you know it was a car accident? They didn't say. They said it was a car accident, that he died in a car accident. When they say that? Like 20 times in the movie. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They say that he dies of a car accident. I, I swear. They they said that. Here. I'll do a live Google on the how does Lewis Reed die in Adam Project. Um, He dies between 2018 and 2022 off screen in a tragic car accident. Okay, my bad. Yeah, they say that. They say it like a bunch of times. They hammer it home. He still dies, though, even when they kill her. So there's no way that she did it because. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that flaw in logic. And what I think what's funny is like they literally flip everything on its head. Like what you're not, you know, what they always say you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did it. And I, and we never know what the future is like, which is so different from other, from most other, like, kind of like, and what's funny is this, this is a little bit of everything. It was a little bit of Back to the Future and Terminator. Yeah. Like Terminator 2. Yeah. Um, and so, which I kind of liked. I liked that they just kind of took all the time travel movies, like the, and kind of put them in together. And it was, it was fun. I mean, I'm not going to say it was like all that good. It wasn't like amazing. I, think, I had fun with it. I think with streaming movies too, especially ones like this, where it knows what it is, it's not taking itself too seriously, I think you judge it on its own kind of scale relative to other movies like this. Do I think this movie is a masterpiece like Back to the Future? No. Do I think that this movie is worth a watch and features like a few pretty decent acting performances for a movie that is this tone? Yes. I think Ryan Reynolds was awesome in this movie. I think kid Ryan Reynolds, who I think I said his name was Walter Scobell, I think that kid is going to be something. He, this is his first role ever. He's never done a commercial, never done a TV show, never done anything. And he nailed So how did they find him? I don't know. Well, so this is actually interesting. I did some research before this. He put in a casting call. He memorized the script of Deadpool every single line and got ryan reynolds cadence perfectly and like for content he's not just acting as young adam he's like doing young ryan reynolds character like yeah he, he he is acting as ryan reynolds acting as this character it's really hard to kind of wrap my brain around but he was so good and kid actors like break movies more often than they make them and the fact that within the first 10 minutes I was kind of like, oh, this kid's actually very believable. That was something you don't really get out of a lot of kid actor performances. And I think he's like 15 years old. Yeah, no, he was good. He's 15? Damn. Well, I think he's 15 now. I think he was like 14 or 13 when they were filming this. Wait, I just forgot. I meant to say one of that, that, um, I meant to say something about Fresh and then we talk about casting. Oh. Because I had that really good fun fact. Can I please? Yeah, you can go back. Okay. Um, Sebastian Stan, so, so yeah, about Fresh, just about casting, like wanting to be cast in movies. I always find it interesting when I find things like this. And um, Sebastian Stan, like, 
he really wanted to be in this movie. So he sent he sent an audition video featuring himself dancing with a knife in his hand. And he added the dance sequences were a big concern for Mimi Cave. And just in case she had any doubts that I could do it, I recorded myself in this video. So I just thought that was hilarious. That is hilarious. He's like, I can be crazy. That's insane. He, that's crazy to think about. Well, I guess I have to back up that fun fact with a fun fact about this movie. All right. Fun facts all around. All right. So this movie has been in some form of development on and off since 2012. It's based on like a short story, not one that was published, but just kind of one that the original creator had kind of penned. But the original star who was signed on to do this movie was Tom Cruise. Ew. Yeah, that's what I think. Ew. Ew. Because like, once you see Ryan Reynolds do something, it's hard to imagine someone else doing it because he he brings his tone with it. I don't know. There's other... There's other actors I could see doing it. It's just, I wouldn't say it's Tom Cruise, in my opinion. No, I don't think so. I think it's a less fun movie. I think it's serious if if Tom Cruise does it. Well, no, here's the thing, John. If it's Tom Cruise, like, you know, Tom Cruise can be funny. It's just gonna not, it's gonna be, like, more witty than it is, like, silly. Yeah. I don't know if, and I don't know if silly is the word. It was more so, like, again, like, I like that this didn't take itself too seriously. There were, like, hilarious moments that you're like, okay, like... Like, even what I think is funny, as you see all these um, interviews that they're having about this movie, and mm-hmm. the kids will be like, does your wife know that you, like, were those kisses, were the kisses real, or, like, was those scenes real, like, the scene when he picks up, like, they're making out, like, that's just absolutely ridiculous, but I yeah. thought it was funny, like, that, and those are just things that, like, Ryan Reynolds, like, you can yeah. have with him, because it's just, you can do ridiculous things, and it seems believable, and it just makes you, like, it's just lovable, and you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it, I think... What you can say about this is even though he did more drama, this is very much a Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. And honestly... And here's what I just say about... Oh, sorry. And we've said this about Red... I think we said this about Red Notice, about all three of those actors, but specifically, specifically Ryan Reynolds, he has gone from someone who was just funny, a funny guy who was, who was good looking, so he did rom-coms. Yeah. To being like, he has carved a place for himself in Hollywood. I mean, and many people have done this in in the past, and it's not like he he's like... It's not out- like it's unique. Yeah, it's not like he's an outlier, but the way that he's carved like his himself in Hollywood is just so, I mean, better than other people have. Like, yeah. he... He knows what he's good at. I mean, it's kind of like that whole, we talked about Adam Sandler. Like, he knows what he's good at. He does it. That's a great comparison. He Holy turns crap. out, like, he turns out good. Like, these movies are good. They're fun to watch. And they don't need to be the best. And they make money. I have a I have a very serious question for you. Because I do not disagree with anything you said. Do you think if Ryan Reynolds really chose, do you think Ryan Reynolds could win an Oscar? Because this, I think about this a lot. I think Ryan Reynolds could, like, and Adam Sandler didn't win an Oscar for Uncut Gems. I think Ryan Reynolds 100% could do something like that. Just a role where it makes people say, whoa, like, I I think he could. I don't think he will. In my opinion, I don't think he could. Okay. You don't, like, you don't think he's, like, that good of an actor itself. Okay. And that's not an insult. I just don't think No, it's just, I mean, very few actors can win Oscars. But I also, yeah, it's just... I don't think he will. And maybe he could prove me wrong, but 
I've seen there was more death to Adam Sandler in other movies than there is yeah. to Ryan Reynolds. And yeah, Adam Sandler's more ridiculous, but Yeah. I I really like Ryan Reynolds. And that's not like that's the thing. There's nothing wrong with, with it. I just don't uh, well, think Well so. we we said during Red Notice, not that good of a movie, but it features a couple people, I have three people if you include Gal Gadot, that we you just you know what you're getting with their movies and it's gonna be the same performance you get in every other movie that they're in. And it's ridiculous and it's whatever. Like we, we said I'm pretty sure we said almost those exact words. So yeah. you know, I I do want to talk about one thing I didn't like about this movie. So um something that can take me out a lot of stuff, and a lot of movies do this, but is bad de aging. I think that effect they use on Catherine Keener. Oh god, she looks oh. she look real. She look real. Like why don't they why didn't they just either cast someone younger and put them like age them up because you can do that with makeup or just cast a different actress to play her young self especially when they're on screen at the same time you're like oh this yeah, is bad i just don't and my thing is like was it really important for it to be specifically her like she was fine I mean, I just don't think it wasn't like a oh, that's didn't, the only like, person that could be a villain. You could have casted Meryl Streep as the villain; I would have been fine. Yeah, you could have cast. And I don't know why Meryl Streep came in my head. I watched that, that Meryl. There was like just that Meryl Streep video still in my mind about the Devil Wears Prada thing. But um, I just think you could have cast a really and not anyone, but like it. You could have cast, like you said, you could have casted someone younger and then aged them up. Yeah, I just I, like I liked the way that this movie ended. There was some emotion to it. I mean, it was cheesy. All time travel movies end in like a cheesy way. But yeah, I thought it was sweet. It was no. Not, I'm talking was... about. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the reactor fight, like the, uh... the second to last scene. Like all time travel movies always end up with a, you know, if we don't stop this, it's going to be the end of the world. It's going to be end of time. Blah blah blah. Like that's just the trope of the genre. But the fact that they had her so poorly aged up in that scene just really took it away from me. I couldn't really watch it and be like, okay, I'm invested in the story because I just couldn't stop looking. I was like, this looks terrible. <laughs> but other than that, I liked it. I liked that they did the the uh, Field of Dreams thing at the end with them playing catch and then they disappear. That reference was not lost on me. Um, yeah, I think it, it was a nice um, father-son movie. I think yeah. that's definitely what it is. Also, we didn't talk that much about it. I liked Mark Ruffalo in this. Mark Ruffalo's another guy doesn't really do that much acting anymore. He's kind of just Bruce Banner, which is just Mark no, Ruffalo. No, he literally just was in an award-winning HBO show. Oh, shit, HBO yeah, yeah show. he was. Never mind. Never mind. In movies. I'm just going to limit to. I like Mark Ruffalo a lot. And Jennifer Garner, like, I-, I can't think of the last time I saw a movie with her. I liked her in this, too. She was in that movie called Peppermint or whatever. Oh, I didn't watch that movie. Anyway. Um... Anna, I gave my score first last time. Do you want to give your score first for the Adam Project? Or did you have anything else you want to talk about? No, no, that's it. Um, And I don't want this to be... <laughs> Again, I'm so bad with, like, the the comparisons. I don't want that... Again, it's like I said, no offense to Ryan Reynolds. I really love Ryan Reynolds. I don't want this to seem like this means that it was not a good movie that I didn't enjoy. I just... I, I think it's generic. and Very generic. But sometimes generic movies are the best movies that I watch multiple times a year or every other year you know yeah um like i just watched bring it up not bring it on um bring on his masterpiece i just watched <laughs> stick it for the first time in a really long time and man i thought that movie was so good when i it's was younger not, there's it, still some great it's, it's parts. fine it's fine 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 um i'm giving it a 75 i gave it a 79 i we're in the same range for these the 
knew what it was. It's enjoyable. I'm not sure I'll ever watch it again. But if I, if I ever want a random Ryan Reynolds movie to throw on, I know that this will be on Netflix. Like, yeah. that's the thing. I, I mean, know it If I go home and my mom or my brother or, like, someone's like, oh, we want to watch the Adam Project me, I'd be like, okay. I won't fight it. Yeah, you can play on your phone during it. Yeah. And, you know, for the scenes you like, you'll look and then you, you know. I'd rather rewatch Free Guy over this, which I'm going to rewatch soon because it just hit streaming. But anyway, and you know what? Tying into this, uh, this director is going to be doing the next Deadpool movie. So I think you can get some kind of idea of what the next Deadpool might look like. So keep that in mind. But with that being said, we're going to get to our final movie of the night. Probably the one I'm looking most forward to talking about. As I said before, it is the highest grossing movie of 2022 so far. And that is The Batman. And we're with, like, if you don't know this already, John's a huge... I mean, like, okay, we're nerds. And John's yeah. a big superhero nerd. John's a Batman's huge my favorite superhero. Batman nerd. Like, we love the MCU. My favorite movies of all time are the Dark Knight trilogy. Batman is my favorite hero. I would... Prob- he loves the he loved the animated series. I yeah, I love the animated series. I love Batman Beyond. I would I would probably give up the MCU forever if that meant Batman movies could keep being made, even if they're bad. I I love the character. I have read more Batman comics than any other kind. I don't really read comics, but anyway, I I love Batman. <laughs> um and I was really looking forward to this movie. This is one before I do the synopsis was kind of very troubled to get off the ground, mainly because originally this was going to be the Ben Affleck directed and starring Batman movie before the DCEU fell to complete chaos and they don't know what the hell they're doing with it anymore. But this was originally supposed to be like an old man Batman movie that didn't happen. So Batman is basically getting his own universe. Um, He is a superhero that he's been played by seven different actors now on in movies, he gets rebooted all the time. He's kind of like Spider Man, yeah, in a, in a sense, just with more. He goes back further. Um, and we'll we'll say that we'll go again and again. I think that I mean I'll say this all the time. I think that Ben Affleck was just screwed over. I think he was a good Bruce Wayne. I think he was a good Batman for a part of his life they've never explored, and they didn't know how to write a script for him. And I would have loved to see him direct his own movie. Yeah, and like, here's the thing, after watching, okay, so John loves the Chris, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, and I, I loved him, I think we were just talking about it, we loved Batman Begins, I we, we watched it all the time, my dad's like, yeah. we would always make him watch it, and then, um, Batman, then The Dark Knight came out, and I've, I had seen that movie a couple times, obviously, I think everyone just you know and i liked it obviously it's just really hard to watch and that's not and not just because of um and i guess we could could probably have a whole thing but then i ended then we ended up watching batman the dark knight rises the dark knight rises and i i i don't know we're confused and is not sure if she's seen it or not but my family is sure i've seen it regardless to prep for this movie anna watched it yeah i obsess and from Anna's reaction, whether her family thinks she's seen it or not, she might as well have not of. It was great. It was great. And so what I just wanted to say is that I think that was like kind of like getting on the cusp of like old Batman because mm-hmm. he was like done, you know, whatever at yeah. the end. But like, I would have wanted to see that. 
sorry, rant over about all these other Batmans. Let's focus on, sorry, I'll focus myself yeah, on, on the Batman. On Robert Pattinson. On Robert Pattinson. So let's do the synopsis. We've already rambled for five minutes about non-the Batman, Batman stuff. So for this Batman, in year two as Batman, he faces a foe from a sadistic killer, leaving behind clues for his next victims. Uh, the villain is the Riddler. I typed this sentence. So weird. <laughs> Working with Lieutenant Gordon and his new ally Catwoman, Bruce Wayne tries to bring the killer to justice before the city of Gotham plunges into complete and utter chaos. It has a stacked cast. Uh, Robert Pattinson is the new Batman. Zoe Kravitz plays Catwoman. Jeffrey Wright plays James Gordon. Andy Serkis is Alfred. Colin Farrell, unrecognizable by the way, is the Penguin. And Paul Dano plays the Riddler. There are some other people littered throughout, notably John Turturro playing Carmine Falcone. It had a budget of $185 million, and it's already grossed $600 million. It's directed by Matt Reeves, and it has been really well-received by critics and audiences. Critics gave it an 85, and audiences have given it an 88. Um, this is much more of a detective movie than it is an action movie. It very is, noir, noir it, ve- was it Very called? noir. Um, another movie, kind of artsy. I, I don't think that's a stretch. It's long. It is. It is. Long. Look. L-O-N-G. Long. Like, I loved this movie. Originally, I was going to see it twice in theaters. Not happening. I was like, my well, my neck was really hurting me that day. I don't remember why. I don't know. Um, I think, I don't know. But I, like, couldn't. Like, I was like, John, I'm going to die here because I, yeah. like, and, and what was hard about it is you thought, like, because they kept you on the edge of your seat. Like, it was, very, well, I think I liked it because I liked the detective part of it because you, especially the fact that they started with the Riddler was really fun because mm-hmm. the Riddler, I think, is a really fun Batman supervillain. I don't know if I'd call this version fun. I'm saying the Riddler's fun because you have to yeah. like, figure it out. The yeah. clues. Yeah. And there's always going to keep you on the edge of your seat. Even if you think you figured out, you don't have it all figured out. Yeah. And like the whole reveal that like the whole city is like, it's not just corrupt. It, it mega, mega corrupt. It's, it is, they take what Nolan looked at in Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises with corruption. I mean, that whole trilogy and they turn it up to 11. There is not a clean person in this city. This is the worst place to yeah, live. Yeah, and it's not even like a, it's not even like a, like in Batman, in Batman, uh, Dark Knight, and like all those, where it's like the cops are dirty because they're being bought by the mob and, and, and bribed or whatever. Like these people, they're actually working for the mob well, and like. And, and they're stealing from charitable foundations. Like yeah. they're funding every, like politicians, the mob cops everyone is just stealing from a charity that's supposed to help orphans yeah it, it, and it all leads back to brute i mean i think to that's the waynes. Like, to the waynes and the fact he like realized i mean so yeah there's all these underlying sorry we can get into the themes so many themes but i thought that it was like a good way to start because you like it's a good detective thing because you like can't figure it out what's gonna go what's gonna happen next but the problem is like you thought it was over but no there are 30 minutes, 30 more minutes left in the, maybe 45 minutes. I don't even know. You thought it was over. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 it's not. And you got to watch another 45 I mean, minutes of this movie. From the time that Carmine Falcone gets shot by the Riddler 
to the end of the movie. There's that's still like thirty five minutes. They like arrest the Riddler with half an hour left in this movie, and then like Batman interrogates him, and then they have the whole thing with City Hall, with with like the city flooding. I I love like trust me, I love this movie. I think they really needed to cut out like fifteen minutes. But I mean, and I agree. But then I also think where though. That's my thing. I don't know where they cut from. And I'm going to have to rewatch it again when it hits streaming next month to kind of figure that out. But I think one, and this is a sidebar, before this came out, there were a lot of people that were critics saying, oh, this is better than The Dark Knight. I don't think it is. I I think that this is a great start to a universe, into a trilogy. I love that they dropped us in, not with Batman's origin, but they showed that like there's yeah. already wheels in motion. He's already put people behind bars. We'll talk about that later. It's well, it's early career Batman, but we don't have to see him make the costume. And we thank God we didn't have to see his parents die. I'm so glad we didn't have to see that for the fiftieth time. I and well, I don't know. I mean, here's my thing. I still think it's kind of an origin because it's him realizing. I mean, what and what that's what's cool. It's it's the evolution of like it's the early career Batman understanding what his place is in Gotham, and it's yeah. not in it, the, whole, the whole thing is like I am vengeance. It's not he yeah. can't just be vengeance. Yes, he can't just be vengeance. He can't just be Batman. He has to the, also be Bruce, be Bruce Wayne. Wayne, which I think they did a fantastic. So, sorry, very jumping around here. In this movie, Bruce Wayne is like a recluse. Like he is a hermit. He is he is literally Batman ninety five percent of this movie. He barely takes the mask off. There's only a few public settings that he is Bruce Wayne. And I think in the next movie that he will be more of that. Maybe not. He won't be like the full Playboy thing because this Bruce Wayne is a little bit more, you know, of a homebody. But I think that he'll start to do a little bit more of that, which which I'll enjoy because I I do like the Bruce Wayne being an asshole who flaunts his money. Like I think well, that that is part of his character. He needs he needs to because the his the charity and just the entire company yeah. in general is not doing well. Yeah, but. You know, one one thing I loved about this just whole Bruce thing in general is, like, his general aesthetic. He lives in, like, this gothic penthouse thing. He is... You like the eyeliner? I... It makes sense. Like... I know. It it makes sense. Other versions of Batman have the eyeliner with the mask on, and the second they take it off, the eyeliner's gone. Like, they're... He of course this dude applies eyeliner. It's so funny. I don't know. I, I mean, it's see, funny. You see the TikToks where it's like he's like <laughs> the bad signal. He's like, France, like yeah, like, putting on putting on eyeshadow and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just he. Was, I mean, it's ridiculous. No, and I love. I mean, and that's the thing is like I like. I mean, you can make fun of Andy Batman. I like that you can make fun of this. And, and, you know, and I I don't know. I love Robert Pattinson. I am so pissed that everyone is like, oh, who knew Robert Pattinson was a good actor? Or, like, all these anyone who's said watched he anything sucked. outside of Twilight. Yeah. Or people, like, anybody who, like, said he sucked. Like, and I'm, I've always loved Robert Pattinson. I've always loved him. I think he's amazing. I think he is a gem of a person in general. His press and tour for this movie is hilarious. Amazing. And he, like, and he was so good as this because, like, he was, like, emo, but, like, the right amount of emo. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, like, loved it. I loved him. And I also just want to, like, skip around real quick about where we're going to talk about casting. I 
the Catwoman's so hard. And I think a lot of people are scarred from the Halle Berry Catwoman. And I don't know if that was totally Halle Berry's fault. Um, I think she's a great actress. And it was just an awful, awful choice, an awful, awful movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, and, and the Catwoman is a hard, it's a hard character because she is weird. Sexual, like, weirdly, it's like, it, it's a very fine line, especially in, like, live action. Well, and especially her dynamic with Bruce. You have to nail, like, the thing. It can't be. Like, Catwoman does have a spell over Bruce, basically. Like, she does. That's one of his weaknesses, is Catwoman. Like, he cannot resist her, but he has to. Sorry, you can finish yeah. your point. It's really and, hard. And it can't come off inauthentic, and it, but it also, like, she has to have that little witty, funny side of her, but also yeah. her, like, the way she acts and her care for Bruce, Bruce can't come off inauthentic. Like, it can't come off. Yeah. Um, it has to be authentic, and also she she's there for the male gaze, but also not for the male gaze. And I think it's a hard line to cross. It's a hard line to be. And I don't like, and I've talked about something, I just don't like when women are, like, just, like, when women characters are just, like, fucking thrown around. And Zoe Kravitz was amazing. Yeah, she was awesome. I will go and say, because I really loved, Anne Hathaway took me by surprise how good she was and, like, how, like, she made me laugh, but she was so good. Yeah. I think that, she, like, in my opinion, Zoe Kravitz even better. Like, she... Real, like the capper like she did such a good job of like well she did ugh. the she did the dual identity because she also has the dual identity because she's the waitress at the mob bar yeah like she did her dual identities thing so well too and like their scenes and like the like i don't know it was funny because someone i was talking to was like they have no, they had no chemistry and i'm not saying it was like electric sex on this on the <laughs> well but they all they had it wasn't just about like this physical it was this emotional connection yeah they both have the same level of care for the city yeah they look at it from different angles yes but they both have this catwoman for as looking out for herself is because she's gotten in with the wrong people she does have this altruism to her that like she wants it to be better so people don't have to go through what she's gone through she doesn't like the life that she has to live because of her choices she she wants other people to not have that yeah and while she is a criminal, her interests do align with Bruce. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know who was that told me that they didn't have any chemistry. And I was like, I mean. But also, sorry to cut you off. The chemistry they had is about the extent of the chemistry that this Batman can have with people. <laughs> because he is truly a hermit. He He's very, very reserved, very closed off. Very introverted, like, and it makes sense in the context of this movie. It makes a lot of sense. Well, and this is not a Batman, or this is not a Bruce, at least from what we're seeing. And maybe he becomes more. He's not a charismatic. No, he's not. A, he he is closed off from the world because of his parents dying. Yeah, he does not want any part of it. He only wants the only. He thinks the only way that he, he can help this city is by doing. It's just is giving criminals concussions and yes. beating them within an inch of their life. I mean. This is the best place to jump to. He's brutal. Brutal. He is... Vengeance. I mean, mean, truly, nearly murders. Not even even in the final scene when he injects himself with adrenaline, though some people think it might be uh, like Venom, like Bane. Um, He truly... Like, I think he murdered, like, several people in this movie with how hard he beat them. Yeah, like, he... And so it's just, like, his personality and, like, what it is. It's not gonna be... It's not the Bruce Wayne, like, you think of. It's, like, 
charismatic. And I think he's going to shift a little macho, towards yeah. that. He might, but I think I liked it. I don't know. And that was just me. I, I like this portrayal of Bruce because we, we haven't really gotten this. Like the obsessive, like obsessive is his yes. right thing. He is, yes. he is obsessed with making sure that this city, which he does love, making sure that it has, you know, a clean slate, so to speak, and the criminals, you know, just stop doing what they're doing. I'm, I kind of want to pivot and talk just, you know, before we get to the villain and stuff. Uh, Andy Serkis, I really liked as Alfred. He not, he's not. Not Michael Caine, though. Michael Caine's the goat. It wasn't enough for me. I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past that it wasn't the Alfred I, I, I know and love. Yeah. Um, Everything else I could get past, not that one. Moving through, I loved Colin Farrell as the Penguin. As just this, because the Penguin isn't this, like, super intimidating mob boss. He is this loser who is high up in the mob, who's not physically intimidating, who is not this, like, strategic genius. He just kind of lucks his way into everything, and I think that Colin Farrell did that so well. I don't know how long they take to put those prosthetics on him. insane. Insane. I mean, John was like, do you know who that is? And I was like, I mean, he looks familiar. And, I, and he's like, it's Colin Farrell. I go, no. <laughs> like, the only recognizable thing about it is his eyes. That's it's literally like, it. When someone tells you oh, it's Colin Farrell, you look in his eyes, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it was a genius cost. I mean, genius. He's a hideous man. Like, like his character. Colin Farrell's not a hideous man in but, Like, the life, way they even did, like, his scar to look like a pen. I mean, they, and oh, then when, God, he's, so when he was waddling, that was so funny. When they taped him up. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really funny. Um, so we talked about Zoe Kravitz, talked about Colin Farrell. Uh, let, let's get to the main villain, um, the Riddler. I really, really liked him. I hated the goofy Jim Carrey. Well, I mean, I like Jim Carrey, but the, the goofy version they did in the 90s was too much. This Riddler is very, very different from that. But I think, and I've seen people criticize and say that he wouldn't be this menacing. And then when you find out how he talks to his followers and how he's just kind of a loser, that, that that's not character. I think that's exactly what the Riddler would be like. Well, and I think it's such a good, I don't know. It's a, it, the thing is, well, we, we've talked about like with the Christopher Nolan, like it's so great. I think what's so good about them is like they're grounded yeah. in some kind of reality. Like these things could happen. Yeah. They're ridiculous, but they could happen. And the same thing with this. There it's pretty grounded in reality. Like, um and I think someone who's like the Riddler, who's just, I mean, it's it would be someone who's like the Unabomber or like Yeah. Or It takes a lot of inspiration from Seven and he like he is very similar to uh Seven that's Kevin Spacey. I, I think know. that's the villain. Yeah, it, it is. It's like yeah, he's a he's a terrorist, and like yeah. he's a he's a terrorist with followers, and he's a genius, and and he is delusional and has these like interesting things, whatever. And I I thought it was really well done. I think it was like insane the end when it's like he thought they were working. Like he thought they that's had the scene I want to talk about. Yeah. That whole scene, they have you thinking for 20 minutes, 20 minutes, that he knows that who Batman is. Yeah. And in the end, he doesn't know who Batman See, is. Okay. I want, so, so when Batman goes to interrogate him in jail, and the Riddler just starts off by, like, screaming, like, Bruce Wayne, and he just says it over and over and over again looking at Batman, and then they do the twist of, like, we got him all, but we didn't get him. Yeah. Okay, so I've watched a lot of YouTube videos from people that have, like, watched the movie, like, six or seven times. 
there is not a consensus if he knew or not. He doesn't know. No, there are people that think that he's doing that to get under Bruce's skin because... No! Yeah, because the fact that Bruce, a man who never leaves his house, wasn't there when the bomb went off and, like, wasn't seen in public, like, there's evidence that he does know him and that... that, Because he does the introduction, Bruce Wayne, then tells him about the planet and stuff, and he ends by saying Bruce Wayne. There are people that that think that he knows and he just... But he doesn't want to tell the world because then it's not a riddle anymore. No. No. That's dumb. He is delusional. Oh, he's a completely delusional. When- no, he is... Obs- it is a problem. It's the obsession. He is obsessed with Batman. Yeah. And he is obsessed with the fact that the, the Batman is like him. He's a nobody. He's an orphan. He he doesn't... You know, he has nothing given him. He wants vengeance for the city. He wants to take it out on the rich, on the on the... On the mighty, on the corrupt, on yeah. all of this. And he can't... So there's no way in the Riddler's mind that those two dots would ever connect. He cannot I mean, fathom it. I can see that, but I'm also... The Riddler is... He's smart enough to figure it out, he's, despite his no, delusions. But things, yeah, he's smart, but he's not going to think that. He's too... It's, it's right in front of his face, and he's not going to get it. Because he is so obsessed. Yeah. Like, I... But that was, like, the biggest thing when it's like... It's like, but we didn't get him. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know. Because the whole time you think that's the whole reason why I brought him there. And the, no, the whole reason why I brought him there is to be like, we did it together. Yeah. You, you, And the fact that he's like, you weren't, you as, did it. You you, weren't as smart as I thought you were. And I'm like. Well, when he's like, when he, when he just starts like screaming like, no, 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 no. You didn't figure it out. Like, wait, no, oh no, my God. No, no, he, he said that. So basically said, you didn't figure it out. You weren't as smart as I thought you were. It's been right in front of you the whole time. And he's like, we were networking. They were never working. He's like, no, 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 no. And it's like, oh my God. He gave him everything he wanted. He did everything. Oh, it's crazy. Just, I, I just want to point out too, Paul Dano, who plays the Riddler, that dude is an insane actor. <laughs> he's he's in he's in a couple other things I've watched, which are not coming to me. That dude is a really good actor. He plays unhinged, like, so well. And... The only thing that I didn't like about his plan is the end, when it was blow up the seawall and flood the city. I didn't... It seemed kind of like a lame way to finish that plan. Why? I don't know. It just seemed kind of stupid. He wants the city to burn but, to the ground. But I think I think his concept of, I'm locked up, but now I have all my followers that are going to like pick up the torch, was very... I mean, I hate to say, it, I feel like that's something that is very realistic, and, well, so I'm saying, and what a, a t- like a modern terrorist would yeah, do. That's what I'm saying. Is I think it was a good like take on modern terrorism, whatever. Yeah, but the the final scene when they flood the city and they're in Gotham Square Garden, which is just Madison Square Garden, when Bruce comes to the realization after beating a thug within the inch of his life, and he says, "Who are you?" and he says, "I'm vengeance," and Bruce realized that he's doing this wrong. I think that the message was good. That scene felt too long because that was like a fifteen minute long scene. Wait, what fe- scene? When, uh, when they're in Madison Square Garden, yeah, and he beats the thug on the catwalk, yeah. and he unmasks him, and he says, "Who are you?" And that's when the thug says, "I am vengeance," and that's when Bruce has his realization. Yeah. No, I think it was. It was just a little long. That scene was long. I don't know. I think you need. That's. It's the. It's like one of the unofficial climaxes of like it's the climax of the of yeah. his understanding that like he's been doing this wrong that just beating people and 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 and, and you know it's the same realization that they have in the dark knight it's just that in the, the dark knight trilogy like you can't 
vengeance and and violence against like it doesn't make anything better. It's not yeah. never gonna fix anything. Um, the criminals may be afraid of you, but that means doesn't mean that corruption is gonna stop or that yeah. that bad things are gonna stop, keep, stop happening in Biotham. And I think like yeah, that realization that like he caught like that he was a part of this and helped cause this is like a good one. And then when and the like the end. I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, yeah, because they've sped up a few things. I mean, yeah, the scene between him and Catwoman at the end, like. The driving and the talking, I was like, <laughs> guys, you're, you're going to see each other again. We fucking know. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But she's leaving. She's going to Bloodhaven, which the city she's going to. So she, I don't think she's going to be in the next movie, which is fine. Do I think want- she'll have her own movie? Uh, I don't know, but. TV series. So they're making, they're making an Arkham TV series, which is going to be like a Gotham PD thing with with commissioner gordon uh-huh. and they're making a penguin which is going to focus on like the mob so i'm assuming that's going to pick up because the crime boss died and now he's going to be the number one for the mob so i think it's going to focus on like how he builds i could see a catwoman show i mean zoe kravitz was awesome and i don't think they bring her in for just one movie but i don't know if she'll be in the next movie that's all yeah because there's there's so many potential female counterparts that you can do with batman like they can do they've never done poison ivy right in live action i mean we are scarred for life with uma thurman poison ivy i don't know like yeah you really gotta like retcon that shit hard yeah they could do i mean they could do the phantasm live which is one of the best but i i don't know if they ever will because that's an animated property but like probably batman's like best actual female love interest they could do talia al who they did in dark knight rises but they could do it differently um there's a lot that they could work with and bruce i mean he might just find a new love interest they might invent one for the movie i don't i don't know there's no fucking way they do that why would they do that i don't I, they could <laughs> i I'm, I'm saying they could i don't know if they will i don't know what matt reeves wants to do but but let's talk about the subject of the next movie presumably yeah so at the end of this movie they the riddler's in jail and he's really upset because he knows his plan didn't work I think it, did he have a TV in a cell? I I don't remember. This is weird. I don't think they should have a TV in those cells, but whatever. Arkham is the worst jail, mental hospital in the world. Getting put there is just an invitation to break out. But he hears from the cell over, a man ask him a riddle, and then... It was something like, it's, it's... Like, something about friends, right? The more, the less you have, the more they're worth. Yes. It's something, but the answer's a friend, and... You hear this guy cackle, and you see part of his face, and he has a he has a smile. Matt Reeves has confirmed that this is the Joker. Um, he's being portrayed by Barry Keoghan, who was in Eternals as Druig, I think. Um, fantastic actor. He's been in Dunkirk, some other stuff. They're teasing the Joker, but Matt Reeves said in an interview that he's not yet the Joker. It's the man who will become him. So it's still an early career. Batman has had an interaction with him, put him away. I don't know if we're going to necessarily get him in the next movie because Matt Reeves has said that directly. He doesn't know who his villain is going to be, but we're getting the Joker at so, some point. So you're thinking it's going to be like in within that mo- whatever movie we get next, it's like the Joker's building. Yeah. Yeah, but we won't necessarily see him direct like like so people have picked up So in this one they're saying that like the Joker and him have interacted, but obviously Batman doesn't know who the Joker yeah. is because he hasn't become the Joker. Yeah, where he's like an insane criminal he's interacted with, but 
he hasn't publicly come out yet and said, like, I'm the Joker. But but there are some clues that he has some followers. So in the very first scene when Batman beats up thugs, there are people with clown makeup on, on yes, the train. Yes. So, like, there's hints that he already, that people know who he is. He just isn't big yet. But I think we're 100% getting the Joker at some point in this trilogy. Whether it's the next movie or the third movie, I don't know. I don't really care. I think you just have to be really careful doing the Joker because once you do that, like, that's all people want. It's all people talk about. Yeah. And if you miss, which I think that this movie earned enough goodwill where they probably won't miss, and I think that they're not gonna... I mean, even from, like, that one clip, and I know we didn't get much, but, like, even, like, the way he talked and, like, yeah. it it sounded like we're getting enough. Um, it sounds like it's a good portrayal. Yeah. And I hope... And I'm sure it's going to be dark. I'm sure it's going to be messed up. Because yeah. this is a... Like, you can say what you want about Heath Ledger's Joker. He wasn't really messed up. He was, like, a very pragmatic... He was messed up. But not, like, psychopath messed up. I think that this Joker will be, like, a psychopath. So you're saying more like the Joker Joker. Yeah, less like... Heath Ledger was very calculated. This is going to be more... Like, Heath Ledger, that whole movie, he says, like, I'm an agent of chaos, like, I'm random, I don't... But everything was planned out. I think this Joker is truly going to be, like, a wild card. Like, you don't know what you're getting out of me. At all. Yeah, that's true. I guess the the Joker just wanted... He he kept his calculated chaos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that this is going to be more, you know... I'm just here to make the chaos, and you don't know what's coming next. Yeah, like... No or even, like, he doesn't know what's coming next. No, that's what I'm saying, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying, there's no yeah. plan. But... I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I want to see them do justice to other Batman villains, obviously. But I also think that you're only probably going to get three films out of Robert Pattinson before he wants to do other stuff. He's a very in-demand actor. So if you need to do it, do it. But, I mean, the Batman and the Joker, tales all this time. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, like, you can't not do it. That's the thing. I mean, I'm not saying, and that's the thing, is like, I'm not saying that that Batman is the most popular super... Like, there you could make a case for Superman or Spider-Man or whatever. It's one of those two. Um, but, like, the duo of that is probably, like, the most yeah. famous. Like, yeah, you can be, like, Superman and Lex Luthor, but, like, Lex Luthor's, like, meh. Yeah. And then you have Spider-Man and the Green Goblin, but, like, it's not the same. I mean, and for this Joker, just my kind of closing thoughts is, like, you could do one of the more messed up Joker things. Like, you could have him paralyze Barbara Gordon when he shoots her. You could have him kill Robin. You could have him do, like, one of those things that they haven't had the guts to do on screen yet. And I'm not, like, I don't know if they would because it's risky and these don't want to broach into our territory. They want to stay PG-13 because it makes more money. But you could do one of those things. I Sorry. Though I can't really imagine this Batman having a Robin. At this point, maybe he grows into that. But does it, would it be R if they just kill off someone? It depends, on, just... it depends on how they do it. Yeah. I think that if they're going to do Master Joker, you have to like have it happen in the movie. I mean, I applaud movies that that freaking just go for it because, like, we, we've talked, I don't know if we, we need to talk about Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, the more I think about it, it's like, I admire that movie for just having the guts to kill Gwen Stacy off. Yeah. Like that's that takes a lot of guts. Yeah. So maybe it's a murder or something like that where like he pushes him. I, I don't know, but I think that this Joker will be messed up whenever we get him. And you know, they're building a full universe out. It's going to be more than just 
it's going to be more than just movies with this. Like, this is contained from the DCEU. This is going to be basically its own universe. So whatever Matt Reeves wants to do, I'm going to let him do it. I really like this movie. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I'm good. Um, except for give a rating. So I'm going to go first. I give it a 93. Give it a 92. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Just not going to do it in the theater. Yeah, I think the biggest, uh, I thought it was really good. Really great take. Fresh take. Because like we've said, like, you know, it's the same thing with all these Superman, Spider- It's always Superman, Spider-Man, and Batman get remade all the damn time. Yeah. And it gets old. And there's a reason they get remade, though. They make I mean, money. They make money, and it's fun. I mean, we love. They're lovable characters. We really care- like them. Um, but I do think it was they did a good job of revamping it. Um, it didn't feel stale. It didn't feel like they were trying to do something else. Uh, you could. It, it. They. It had a good theme. Good job of doing that theme. Um, I just think that it was a little too long. Yeah. Um, but I think they what they. It was very like. It was a big reach of like what they were trying to do, and they and they managed it real well. They yeah. did a good job, like because that it could have been like, and knowing DC, it could have been all over the place. Could have been like this is way too many components, way too many things for us to try to understand. And they, but they handled it well. Yeah, and I, I so mean, the only thing that comes out of it is length, and I'm I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, and I won't dive into specifics, and it's it's too much for like the average person. But as a person who knows Batman and comics. They laid so many little Easter eggs and references to other characters that mainstream audiences might not be aware of. They left a lot of threads that they can pull on for future movies, even if it was just like a street sign or something like that. So they set up a whole damn universe in a three hour movie. And like you said, if you add a little bit of length to get to that point, you add a little bit of length. I'm not going to really as long knock as it's that done much. well. I'm yeah. not gonna compl- I'll be like, yeah, that was a damn long movie, but I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, about and, that. And you know, my my parting thought before we sign off, I do appreciate the tone shift. Um, as much as I love Marvel, I think DC has tried to emulate Marvel with some of their tone, and the fact that this is completely opposite that is something that I can appreciate tremendously. So it's not just a cookie cutter superhero movie. And as yeah, as we've said multiple times, DC isn't Marvel, and it shouldn't be. No. It shouldn't be. It it needs... They need to be different, and DC just needs to do its own thing, and I think they're doing the right thing, with at least with this. I don't know about everything. I mean, we really, we really liked uh, Peacemaker, so I feel like they're doing the right thing in so many other different products where you can be serious, you can be funny, you can be ridiculous, you can be emotional. You can do all of these things in different ways. You yeah. don't have to try and fit it all into one, and that's what I had a problem with. Yeah, just make, make franchises that don't connect to each other. That's fine. Just make good movies. You have, like, DC Comics are so popular. You have popular characters. Just make good movies. That's it. That's all we ask. Yeah, that's all we ask. So, that's been a very lengthy episode. Uh, sorry for the delay. We're going to try and get back on schedule. But if you guys watch any of these three movies, let us know what you thought. I think that a lot of people have seen all three of these, actually, from what I've seen on Twitter. So, um, thanks for listening, everybody. If you have anything you want to hear us talk about, because like we said, we are way behind, let us know, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.